0: love Talk radio
1: you're listening to rates and lanes with rico mohammed
2: this is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market improve your bottom line
1: and improve the transportation industry as a whole we're talking rates and lanes let's move on down the audio road Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Rico Muhammad. This is the Rates and Lanes Podcast, your place to get the latest information pertaining to rates, lanes, and also uh, legal information from time to time. We have our resident legal expert that joins us once every month, Mr. Hank Seaton. Tonight is not his night. Tonight we have our resident mentor that will be joining us shortly Uh, Mr. Chuck Snow is supposed to be coming up and on board with us here in a little bit And uh, so we are trying to grow the podcast a little bit more Get more people familiar with what it is that we're trying to uh, help the industry do Trying to help the industry get more depth on rates And we welcome your participation We're going to go over a few reports tonight uh, But we definitely want you guys' participation in tonight's show uh, we're going to kind of pick up on where we left off last week, pertaining to the ELD. Uh, how has the ELD affected your operations for your, your, you and your operations? What it is that you do and how you service your customers? Has it made things better? Has it made things worse? Uh, what has what kind of influence has it had on rates? I know last week we talked about that we saw a good bit of. Uh, In terms of a good thing, we've seen some good ticks on the spot market when it comes to the ELD mandate. But we just want to try to, you know, get a feel for some real world, some people that are actually out there turning the wheel that see what's going on, get some feedback from you guys other than just industry reports. We want to kind of get a a boots on the ground report from you guys. So if you guys, you know, you don't mind, press number one. That puts you in the call screen, a queue for us to be able to come to you and get you up and on board to take either your question or to get your feedback. And with that being said, without any further ado, we're going to jump over into uh, this week's latest report from USDA. If you go over to the Rates and Lanes with Rico Muhammad Facebook page, there will be a copy of the full report. Over there for your viewing pleasure. At least there's a link there. Uh, can't actually put the. Uh, for some reason, when we try to do it, it won't. It won't uh, transfer over. So we put a link there with the picture of the report, so you can click on that link. It takes you directly to the report, so that you can see it exactly for yourself. There is a lot more information on this report than what we actually cover here on the podcast. Uh, we go over this report. Uh, we kind of just use this report as a barometer, so to speak. Uh, we use it to get information to uh, look where there may be opportunities. The report runs a little bit, it lags a little bit behind as all the reports do because they have to get the information, compile all the information, and then, you know, it takes time for them to disseminate the report. So it, it generally the reports are running a little bit behind. Uh, it's not actual real time reporting, but it gives you an indication uh, it may you need to do your own research before you jump into an area or try to follow an area uh, to get into some freight because the as you know on the spot market, it's always fluctuating. So the situation may have changed by the time we get the report and get it out to you the situation in those areas may have changed. So, you know, kind of always do a little bit more due diligence before you just jump in all willy-nilly and uh, get to a bad area because, hey, I heard on the race of lanes that it was a good area to get here. And then you get there and it, uh went to hell in the handbasket. So I always offer that little caveat when we go over the USDA report. Also, on the USDA report, there's a – a good bit of more information there that you can derive. Uh, It has rate information on the report. Do not, I repeat strongly, do not. um, I do not endorse those rates that they have on the uh, fruit and vegetable report from the USDA. I'm not sure where they get those numbers from. Uh, The numbers are really astronomical. Um, So I just offer that as a caveat. The information that is there that you can use and utilize? Though it tells you certain areas where certain types. If you are in a niche and you are in the reefer, uh, reefer or temperature control niche, or if you know that you can move certain producers on whatever type of mode of transportation that your operation is, whether that be dry van, step deck, or even a flatbed, if you know that you can move certain producers on that method of uh, on that mode of transportation it gives you an indication on which part of the country where that type of produce that you can move comes out of. So you can start to, uh, if you want to start trying to build your customer base or something like that, that gives you some different clues to where you can start to begin to look if you're already in those areas. And then it gives you another indication on, well, maybe you can start to farm those areas so that you can start to begin to build your dumbbell. But with no further ado, let's get into the report, uh, the portion that we like to cover, the availability of trucks in certain areas, uh, lets you know that if you're working in that spot market, there may be some opportunities to be had in these areas. And uh, picking up on the report from last week, it's another good, good report, good indication, uh, there's a lot of red on the report. And red for us is a good thing because that indicates that there's a major shortage in these areas. Those areas that have a major shortage of load versus the loads to trucks in those areas are as follows. Central and Western Arizona, Mexico crossing through Nogales, Arizona, Kern District, California, Oxnard District, California, San Joaquin Valley, California, Santa Maria, California, South District, California, San Luis Valley, Colorado, uh Idaho, and Murrow County, Oregon, Upper Valley, Twin Falls, Burley District, Idaho, Minnesota, North Dakota, Red River Valley, Nebraska, New York, Mexico Crossing through Texas, Columbia Basin, Washington, Yakima Valley, and Winchie District, Washington, and Central Wisconsin. All of those areas that I just listed off according to the USDA report is experiencing a major shortage of trucks. They do not have enough trucks to service those areas that are, that is moving fruits and vegetables hot and heavy right now out of those areas. So if you are on the spot market, opportunities abound in those areas. Areas that are indicating slight shortages, central and south Florida, Aristoke County, Maine, Michigan, Eastern North Carolina, and New York, once again. Those all areas are showing slight shortages of trucks, meaning that there is a little bit of a shortage going on, not as strong of a shortage as was reported with the, the last uh, cities that we lifted, the, the areas that we lifted off previously there's a little bit of shortage there so there's still opportunities that are there there are no areas that are reporting any surpluses or slight surpluses which is always a good thing if we're going to be operating on the spot market we always want to have the uh power of supply and demand in our face so negotiate those areas you're in those areas and everything is still uh still a, a good indication For truck drivers or owner-operators, it's a good time to negotiate hard in those areas and try to uh, get the best rate per mile that you possibly can get. Develop and cultivate a good relationship with someone in those areas to try to uh, form that area for repeat customer base. Moving right along, jumping over into this week's DAT Trend Lines report. This week's report is from the dates of December 31st through January 6th. The combination of extreme weather plus tightened capacity as a result of the recent implementation of the ELD mandate drove rates higher during the first week of 2018. The national average van rate, reefer rate, and flatbed rates all moved higher last week. The demand for trucks Push load-to-truck ratios to record highs, including an all-time record high of 14.7 loads per truck for vans, starting out with dry vans. And as soon as I can get my technology to cooperate with me, we'll get you that report. (laughs) So this week's portion of the DAT dry van uh, demand and capacity portion of this report for December 31st through January 6th, during the New Year holiday week, van load postings increased 26%, but the truck post only increased by 6%. As many trucks, time off. That pushed the national load-to-truck ratio up 19% from 123 to 14.7 loads per truck, the highest ratio ever recorded in DAT trendline's history. Taking a look back historically, van load postings increased 12% in December compared to November, and truck posts fell 14%. As a result, the December load-to-truck ratio increased 31% to 9 van loads per truck the highest monthly average ever recorded in DAT trendline's history. December ratios were 139% higher than they were in December of 2016. Also, we have diesel prices that increased by 1%, showing a national, national average of diesel prices up at $3 per gallon. Let's dig deeper into the van report and let's see how rates were performing over the December 31st through January 6th time frame. The, week, uh, the first week of the year brought record van rates, which surged to $2.30 per mile. The van load-to-truck ratio also soared to the highest level ever recorded in DAT trend history. Taking a look back, the national average van rate for December hit $2.11 per mile, up $0.04 compared to November. That's the highest monthly average ever recorded in Trendline's history. The rate was $0.38 higher than the average rate in December of 2016. Taking a look around the country by region for dry vans for the period of December 31st through January 6th, Starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, we have Philadelphia, Pennsylvania checking in showing an average spot market rate of two dollars and thirty-five cents per mile. Moving down into the southeastern portion of this report, Atlanta, Georgia checks in showing an average spot market rate of two dollars and fifty-two cents per mile for drive-in. Moving up into the Midwest, Chicago, Illinois checking in, showing an average spot market rate of three dollars and two cents per mile for a dry van moving to the south central portion of the report coming out of Dallas Texas we show two dollars and seven cents per mile for spot market rates coming out of Dallas Texas and moving over to the west coast Los Angeles California wrapping up the report showing an average outbound spot market rate coming out of Los Angeles at two dollars and 86 cents per mile That wraps up this week's dry band portion of the DAT report. Let's take a look and move over into the flatbed portion of this report. For the uh, flatbed demand and capacity portion of this report for December 31st through January 6th, during the first week of 2018, flatbed load posting surged 46% and truck post increased by only 20%, caused the load-to-truck ratio to increase by 22%, jumping from 52.3 loads per truck nationally up to 63.5 loads per truck. The national average flatbed rate also moved higher, taking a look back historically at flatbed ratio uh, ratios Compared to November, flatbed load postings increased 2% in December, while truck posts declined by 17%. That resulted in a 23% increase in the load-to-truck ratio compared to the previous month at 35.6 loads per truck. The ratio was 77% higher than it was in December of 2016. Taking a look and moving over to see how the rates were performing. For flatbeds for the week, December 31st through January 6th, the national average flatbed rate climbed to $2.43 per mile to start the new year. The national load-to-truck ratio also increased last week. Um, Taking a look back historically, the national average flatbed rate in December remained at $2.33 per mile for the third month in a row. Flatbed rates are $0.37 higher than they were at this same time in December of 2016. Taking a look around the country, by region, starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania checks in showing an outbound spot market rate for flatbeds at $3.76 per mile. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia checks in, showing an average spot market rate of $2.53 per mile. Up into the Midwest, we have Rock Island, Illinois checking in, showing average spot market rates for flatbeds at $3.03 per mile. Moving down into the south-central portion of the United States, Houston, Texas checks in, showing average spot market rates of $2.65 per mile. Wrapping up the report, coming out of the West Coast, Phoenix, Arizona, showing average spot market rates for flatbeds at $2.24 per mile. And that wraps up this week's flatbed portion of the DAT report. Let's move on and see how the uh, reefer demand and capacity portion of this report from December 31st through January 6th fares. The cold weather brought increased demand for reefers to keep goods from freezing last week. Reefer loads post on DAT load boards increased 14%, while reefer truck post increased only 7%. That ratio to move up 6% from 23.7 loads per truck up to 25.2 loads per truck, a record high. Taking a look back historically, for reefer rate ratios in December reefer load post increased 4% while the truck post declined 12% compared to November that caused the load-to-truck ratio to
3: increase
1: 18% to 14.1 loads per truck the ratio was up 73% compared to 2016 of the same time December of 2016 taking a look at the national rates for reefers. Hmm. Let's see here. From the week of December 31st through January 6th, the frigid weather throughout much of the United States meant that many goods needed to be moved in reefer trailers to keep them from freezing. The surge in demand sent national average reefer rates to $2.71 per mile. A record high for reefers. The national load-to-truck ratio also soared. Historically, rates in December, the national average reefer rate was two dollars and forty-six cents per mile, which was a three cents higher than it was than the three the excuse me three cents higher than the November average, and the highest monthly average ever recorded in DAT trend lines compared. To December of 2016 the rate was 47 cents higher taking a look around the country by regions breaking it up by regions starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, New Jersey checks in showing average spot market rates for reefers at two dollars and 23 cents per mile moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States Lakeland Florida checks in showing average spot market rate of $1.87 per mile moving up into the Midwest Green Bay Wisconsin leading the charge showing average spot market rates at $3.63 per mile moving down into the South Central portion of the United States McAllen Texas in showing $2.54 per mile and wrapping up the report coming out of Fresno California we show Average spot market rates for reefers at $2.82 per mile. And with that being said, that will wrap up this week's DAT Trend Lines report. Um, This week, the bad broker report, not a lot of companies uh, to add to the list from last week, which is an absolute good thing. We only have four new entries and those new entries that we have for the bad broker report, Forty Eight Express Inc. Their MC number is two zero eight nine six nine. FMCSA shows that their surety bond is was canceled on eleven ten seventeen. They have over eighteen thousand dollars in non-payment complaints. Brom Logistics Inc. or Brom Transport Inc. That MC number is seven eight seven nine two six FMCSA shows surety bond will counsel. Well, actually, that date is passed. Surety bond canceled on 1418. They have over twenty five thousand dollars in non-payment complaints. Burbeck's Enterprise Inc. c number is two four five nine zero four. FMCSA shows surety bond canceled over twenty-seven thousand dollars, and non-payment complaints have been reported. Jacob Logistics Corporation, that MC number is two four five nine zero four. FMCSA shows surety bond canceled on twelve thirty one seventeen, over eight thousand dollars, in non-payment reports have non-payment complaints have been reported. And that wraps up this week's bad broker report. Hopefully no one uh, is having any issues with any of those uh, that we have reported. And without any further ado, let's go and grab our good friend, our resident mentor, Mr. Chuck Snow. Chuck, how are you doing this week? You, uh, you're feeling a lot better, hopefully?
3: Uh, getting there, Rico. I'll tell you what, this flu is nasty. I haven't, uh, I'm still... Getting over it, but I'm, I'm getting towards the tail end, I think. Thanks for asking.
1: Good deal. Good deal. Well, what's been going on? What's new uh, with you guys a bit traffic this week? Anything new to report?
3: Well, I'm pleased to report that on Monday, our team, our management team, excluding me, I wasn't well enough to go, went off to Montreal, Quebec, and we opened up our Montreal office. So that's pretty exciting stuff. So
1: uh, you know, the last Growing. year we've seen a lot of growth of traffic. It's been phenomenal. Excellent, Chuck. And that's one of the reasons, uh, and, and also, ladies and gentlemen, that opens up the lines for you guys. If you want to get in, if you got a question to ask or if you want to add to the conversation, you can press number one. That lets the call screener know that you want to get up and on board. We'll get your screen in so we can get your name and get you introduced in. Um, but Chuck, um, we was kind of going to continue along the theme that we talked about a little bit last week, but since you are our resident mentor and taking, we, we it would be foolish of us and I'd be remiss in my duties if I didn't ask this question. Um, right now you guys at traffic, uh, you, you, you were already, um, uh, this is me saying this, I know that you're too humble to say it, but you guys were already, uh, a pretty successful operation. Um. What opportunities, where 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 what should uh, you guys are, are growing right now? you you are you you seem to be in a really good growth cycle. What advice would you give uh, an aspiring guy that wants to grow his operation, uh, wants to grow his operation right now? he may only be a, just have one truck and a trailer and a dream of getting, you know maybe growing expanding a little bit more? What are some of the things right now would you advise uh, with the market conditions that you see going on right now? What would be your advice to someone that's in that position?
3: Well, first of all, I think you you really need to have a business plan. and I, I see this all the time where I talk to people that want to get into this business, but they don't have a plan. You wouldn't build a house or a shed even without some sort of a blueprint. And the same goes for your business. So you really, you really need to figure out what you want it to look like, and and build from there. What sort of business do you want? Um, you know, if you're focused on on flatbed, if you're focused on on dump, whatever you're focused on, build your business plan around that, and look at the um, look at the opportunities. There's something you can do um, to help you with that. It's called a Uh, a swap analysis, Uh, um, uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and I'm trying to remember what the P is, but I think it's a problem, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And um, opportunities, and I'm I'm trying to remember what the P is, but those are the things that you you really, um, that's what you really want to focus on is what's in your areas. Um and it's uh, and you want to build your business according to your business plan. And if you have the plan and you work plan your work and work your plan. And you see people jumping around sometimes in our business where the grass is greener on the other side because they heard that you're getting 363 a mile out of Green Bay, Wisconsin on the reaper and they've never been to Green Bay, Wisconsin in their lives. Well, chances are when you show up there with your empty reefer that you just dragged up from Chicago, somebody's gonna offer you two bucks a mile because you don't know anybody there. So it's those things. You really need to have a plan. And if you do that, number one, you have to have a plan and a goal. So if you're starting out now and you're let's just say you're getting you're averaging two twenty a mile, and you say, Well, what do I need to do to get to 250 a mile? And if you have one truck, so what do I realistically need to do to put that second truck on the road? Now, one of the things I've got to warn people about is when you go to expand, you, you need to either use your own money, preferably, and if you're not using your own money, you can't be using expensive money for this. Um, money that you get from a factoring company is, is not money that you build your business on because the, the problem there is it's usually too damn extensive you know even if you're paying two percent on an invoice that's 24 percent interest per year it's too much money you know we don't make a lot of money in trucks right now people are doing very well and this is the first time in our history Nobody knows how long this is going to last. Rico, this could be over pretty quickly. It could carry on. We've had, you know, we've just had a bunch of disruptions, especially with the uh, ELD's coming on in December on December 18th, and that has shaken things up. How long until they go back to normal? Hopefully, they don't. And hopefully, this is the new normal. You know, this is what it was like in the old days, and maybe we've come back to that, but. Getting back to how to build your business and grow it, you have to have that plan. You have to figure out where you want to go, what you want to do. It's, it's not that hard, but set realistic goals for yourself that you, can, that you can attain. There's nothing worse than people setting lofty goals and then they're not able to attain them. And what happens then is they quite often become very demotivated and they they lose their spark because they feel like failure. So set goals that are attainable. And if you do that, you'll have no problem getting to where you want to be. And this is a great time for people in our industry to be able to grow. biggest problem, of course, is who are you going to find to drive those extra trucks? And and that's, that's a huge issue. What can you do to attract and keep drivers? Because that's the hard part. Getting trucks. Anybody can buy a truck. It seems like right now anybody can get freight through to those trucks. The reason being is because no those trucks. So how are you going to attract drivers? Remember, uh, a lot of our listeners out there are smaller carriers, and you know that the. Challenge with the smaller carriers having drivers competing with the big guys. You know, even the big guys that you know, the big LTL carriers they, uh, there's benefits there. There's there's wages. There's all sorts of things. And quite often, with some of those larger companies, they're running um, you know they're running pin to pin, and the drivers are home quite often. Uh, some of them are sleeping in their beds every night. So how can you build your business? You know, we, you and I have talked about it on this show before. The uh, best way to build your business in, in this particular time is to have drivers. And the best way to have drivers is to offer them not just money, uh, but you have to offer them a work-life balance. And that may very well be some sort of a slip seat or having, a, you know, uh, if you're running 600-mile trips, have two trucks, one on each end. Um, or, you know, use whatever your customers want you've got to be able to give them that service. So if your customers will be able to unload you at night, then maybe you run a, uh, a slip seat. But your business plan has to dovetail into your reality. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great primer to get us started there, Chuck. I definitely appreciate it. I, I just wanted to, you know, i just sitting back noticing, you know, you guys, Open up a Chicago operation. You open up another operation. You say over in Calgary. That Calgary.
3: Dallas. Calgary. We, had, we okay. had an operation going in Calgary, but when everything happened to oil, then we ended up having to close that down. We kept most of the drivers and just repositioned them here. And and what I was getting to before, now that I remember, it's called a SWAT, uh, W-F-W-E-T analysis. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. And do that when you're doing your business plan, everybody. So what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And be realistic. What are the opportunities that are available to you as a business person in that area where you reside and what are the threats and that will help you to clarify your business plan
1: all good stuff all good stuff and, and we kind of taking a little bit of the work out for some of you guys if you, you, you one thing that I would add to what that Chuck said is get you a good mentor and we kind of take, we kind of gave you a shortcut. Chuck is kind of like our resident mentor, so you guys have access to Chuck to to kind of pick his brain, uh, to to see some of the hurdles and things that he had to go through to get his business to the place where it is right now. And Chuck is one of the most uh, straighter shooters that you'll happen to bump into. Um, so we kind of taken the, the the little bit of the work out of out of of, of that aspect of it by having Chuck being uh, gracious enough with his time and uh, gracious enough with his knowledge base to come on board and share it with us here on the Race and Lanes podcast. With that being said, we've got a couple of people that's got their hands raised. We don't want to keep them waiting too long, so let's go and grab Matt real quick. Matt, you're up and on board with
0: Rico and Chuck. Well, good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, good evening. <coughs> yeah, Matt Youngblood here again. Chuck, do you remember me? Yes. Yeah. Sure yeah, so, uh Last week, uh, Chuck, you touched a little bit on um, watching the uh, getting paid from brokers and uh, Rico with the, the Brad bad broker report. I think that's yeah. more important today and as rates, if rates continue to climb and all that, Brokers are in a bad spot. I mean, some of them are losing money on loads. So watching days to pay and doing a credit report is more important now when rates are up than when they were steady. You
3: know, uh, there's two sides. There's There's, uh, the brokers that are, uh, uh, some of them out there are, are going to be, they are, uh, contractually obliged to customers. They've signed these contracts for X you know, x number of dollars per mile or whatever it is, and they've got to deliver that service in hell or high water. Um, the other brokers that don't have those contracts are going to do quite well because mathematics dictates if you're working on 15%, then you're better off to get 15% on $3 than you are 15% on $2. Yep. Yeah. So those are yeah. going well,
0: yeah. to be fine.
3: Yep, they're
0: great. getting a flat. It's
3: it's...
0: Yeah.
3: Um, it is those brokers out there, and even the carriers. There's carriers out there, I know, that sign these long-term uh, contracts with shippers without uh, without any escape clause. And I'm going to tell a little business. I try to throw things in whenever I can. Um, years ago, when I was in, I was in the factory business for a short period of time. And I didn't particularly like the business. I just, it was bad karma. And we sold it. But the gentleman uh, that I was in it with, his name is Lou. Uh, he's passed away now. He was an old time business guy that, Made a fortune. Uh, he started a uh, he started an animal recycling company, with they a, like a, uh, a rendering company when he was a. uh oh, you did Whenever you get into a business dealer contract, it's like going into a crowded, smoky dance hall. As soon as you get in there, look for the exit. So, it's very important when we sign any of these contracts with anybody that there's an exit clause. Because if you don't have that, you could end up in real problems. So, even in today's market, let's just say, you know, and I'm going to, again, I love using the guy from Green, uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, um, you know, the 363 a mile, whatever Rico said, if there's some cheese company there, and a and a carrier signs up for 363 a mile to haul for him, and he signs a, a one or two or five year contract. And all of a sudden, rates go from 363 a mile, which we never heard of a year or two ago, up to five dollars a mile. Then that guy that signed the 363 a mile contract is going to have some problems. He's nope. missing out on a huge opportunity. So. That's why it's really important to, number one, always have some sort of an escape clause and if you are signing contracts you've got to have uh, some sort of escalation clauses as well in case of inflation or in case costs go up. Uh, I think the next thing that's going to hit us pretty hard probably won't be fuel but it'll probably be wages. Oh yeah, I
0: and think of general cost. inflation is if things continue on the the current track, I think we're going to see inflation that uh, most people haven't seen in their lifetime. <laughs> Be back to you know like in well, the '70s.
3: I don't know about that. I I was uh, I was fortunate enough in November to attend NASDAQ's annual convention down in Nashville, and oh, there
0: was I a my signal. You there? Yeah, I'm back. My headset keeps disconnected okay. for some reason. Um,
3: there was a um, there was a gentleman that was speaking that was an economist, and he is connected somewhat to the remotely to the trucking industry through his connections on Wall Street in New York. And what he said to us, which I found fascinating, have no fear of inflation because technology. Chases it away. It keeps it away because we keep getting better at producing things cheaper, and that's why we really have had no inflation, so to speak. And he used his uh, the story he used as an example, which is um, which is interesting. He has a brother that has a tool and die shop, and his brother won a, a whole bunch of business that had been. Uh, where these screws and nuts and bolts had been made in, uh, somewhere in Asia, I think in Vietnam or Cambodia. And his brother won that business back into the U.S. because of technology. His brother was able to take one of his technicians, put him in the shop with a, uh, with a computer, have him program the, uh, the program, for making these uh, nuts and bolts and and screws. And shortly after its program, these machines are spitting out the finest uh, fasteners that money could buy for a fraction of the price the guys in Asia could do it for. And it's that type of technology that's going to keep America on the cutting edge because nobody can can compete with that They may be able to compete,
0: but they can't do it any better. Or, well, not at the speed, anyway.
3: Right. Or the cost, because now all of a sudden you've got robots doing it, you don't have people.
0: Yeah. Um, Just a comment you were saying earlier about um, factoring and all that. So I run spreadsheets and, you know, pay attention to all kinds of numbers my average days to pay for the whole year of 2017 was 19 days wow so Kudos to you. actually when i take that number even at your low number of two percent for a factor yeah. that translates into 38 percent interest on an annual basis. Bingo.
3: bingo matt you know damn well if you have if you got to pay 38 percent, you're not going to make a lot of money and you no. certainly can't afford to build your business on 38% money. Now, there's a place for factoring, and and there's there's lots of places where I, I think, and there's some great factors out there that do a, a wonderful job. Um, some of them are so they they just get it and they do a, a great job. So I'm not here bad mouthing factors. I am here telling you to watch how much you pay, and I'm also here to tell you to be very careful building your business on factoring money. That money should be using be used for operations where you need it to just get over the hump. Um, you know, you've had a little bit of a growth spurt and you can do those things. Uh, you know, you, you've got a new customer and he's taking a little bit longer to pay the first time because you're new to him. The paperwork's got to go through. You still need money for fuel and tolls and those things. And that's where... That's where you need a factoring company,
0: and they do a great job. Yeah. Um, one other thing, uh, Rico, your question about uh, <clears throat> for guys expanding, uh, Chuck, you hit the biggest nail is uh, the driver, and that's going to become a bigger problem. Uh, the next big one is insurance. Uh, one guy yeah. in operations that you know buys a couple extra trucks. Oh, I think my headset dropped again. My back. Yeah. you picked that. Yeah. You back. There yeah. now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the next big one is insurance. Um, I've seen quotes. This is mostly for new guys, but ridiculous insurance quotes that just get their own authority. 30,000, $40,000. Okay. Got, even a one guy operation can run into that same situation. If you've had one truck, and you go and buy, you know, jump up to three or four, your insurance rates could more than double per truck. Yeah.
1: So so all all good stuff. We definitely appreciate
0: it. Alrighty, well, I'll let you move on.
1: Thanks for calling, Matt. Appreciate the phone call again, Matt. Matt is a valued member of the Less Truck team. Uh, we definitely appreciate his import, input into the uh, couple of more people got their hands raised. We don't want to keep them waiting too long, so let's go and grab Alan. Alan, you're up and on board with Rico and Chuck.
2: Hey, how are you guys doing tonight?
1: Great, Alan. I'm good, Alan. How about yourself?
2: Well, we can't complain. We're above ground taking nourishment. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
2: I got a, I I got a, got comment and a question here real quick. Your your last right. bad broker that you guys that you listed tonight, Rico, the Jacobs Logistics. I had done business with them throughout the year. 15 days to pay, no big deal. I mean, I just did a load for him in December. Yeah, I'm on the hook.
1: Oh man. Now that they're oh. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that.
2: Not, 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 a horrible amount, but you know, it is what it is. I have to. I'll take uh, that,
3: gentlemen. I'll tell you what happens there is with uh, cases rates, like that. Rates, the stuff there, that were. What's that? What happens in cases like that usually, where somebody's been really a good payer, they just go off the off the map overnight is one of their customers probably unexpectedly stuck them, and they just ended up closing. That's what it sounds like.
2: Yeah, they were smaller brokers, really really decent to work with, you know, and uh, that's what I think happened. You know, it, it seems like I didn't do anything with them, after, you know, after the hurricane, and it sounds like they got into yep. trouble right after that. And, you know, so... We'll see you know like i said it's it's one invoice, and it's it happens my uh my question is uh how many of these how many people out there and you know i I'm kind of putting it out to everybody, look at the dat board, see the fifteen day average. Are you just going for that fifteen day average or are you increasing your rate above that you know? I'll be honest, I've been uh here lately, whatever that 15-day average is, minimum of 20% more.
1: Are and you talking about that we say when you say the 15% average are you referring to the rate information that they give you for free the the the, yeah. the, the free information uh, that, that they give? Yeah, on that you?
2: lane. Yep, on that okay. lane. Okay. Like, yeah, the, they perfect example, they
1: have they,
2: If, if they that have, uh is, as far
1: as, as far as DAT is concerned and even and even Internet truck stop, uh they have higher uh levels of rate information that you can have access to that is a little bit more recent than fifteen days. Uh it's gonna cost you a little bit more money to get access to that information. Uh but well, I've one got of the, the uh, I've got
2: the power the debt power. I've got the, the highest okay. level of debt that's to- you can get, but what I do is I look at that 15-day average, you know, depending on the lane. If it's something that I'm, I'm consistently doing, I know what the rates are, have been trending to, then I, I have no issues mm-hmm. at all, you know, just giving that rate. But perfect example, now, I, I plan on being home. I delivered in Syracuse to a Napa warehouse, and I plan on going home, you know, spending the night with my wife and kids. I'm on my way home. I get a phone call. Hey, I got a load of sauerkraut picking up, and I need it run over to Chester, New York. Like, I I have no desire to go over to Chester, New York, over by Newburgh. This is my rate. When can you get there and pick up the
4: load?
2: (laughs) Not even even Ben and I. And I'm going to deadhead home, and it's still going to pay over $6 a mile. God bless you.
3: Yeah
2: not
1: that's as as we have talked if about. you don't year, ask for it, it, you're not going to get it. Don't be afraid to don't be afraid you, to negotiate. You, but the other the, uh, the I, other thing is that that we have to keep in mind is that we don't want to uh, we don't want to outprice the market as 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 well. Um, I understand I understand your point exactly. I mean, you know, uh, you didn't put a gun to anybody's head to make them accept that rate. Uh, but at the same time, you know, that, and that's what we try to do here on the Race Lane podcast. We try to equip at least our audience, our listening audience, with a little bit more information, and not so that you're not so intimidated to negotiate. Sometimes, you know, coming from, uh, you know, I do a little real estate investing as well, and and coming from one of the tactics that I learned in real estate investing is that you know. If they take the first offer, you probably left money on the table. Uh, so, you, so you can't be afraid to negotiate. Uh, sometimes, um, especially if, if from an investor standpoint, and in the real estate field, rather, we take y- y- the, the 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 term. If you're not embarrassed by your first offer, meaning lowballing, which in this case, the which is, would be the broker position in our situation, if they don't lowball the price. Then you know 'cause they they're it's an advers- sometimes you know if you if it's just a transactional type deal, it's an adversarial thing, so their doing is to save as much money and make as much money as they possibly can, so be the case and 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 on the other end, you know if it's just down and dirty, hey our job is to try to get as much money as we possibly can, but then there's the other caveat of where does that relation now if if there's a relationship that's involved. Okay, now there's a whole different set of caveat and rules that 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 go into that situation. So you know, there's a and couple of different nuances depending upon where you fall in that wide spectrum of what it is that we're talking about that your negotiating tactics need to fall into.
2: Yeah, they the broker that called me is somebody they do a significant amount of business with and when she called me up and said this is what I got she knows I, I. This is not my lane. I don't like to run this way. And I. I she goes. Just tell me what you need. I told her. Okay, it's truck there. Okay. There, there. You know I've got a, a go. broker I just started doing business with. Getting two loads a week out of Buffalo, New York. You know, going east. It's four dollars a mile. You know we, we. And I'm locked in. There's any of those loads come up. Even, and it's. Here you go. Two two times a week. You know. How do you go wrong well, with you, that? You, you know? The, no, that's What's
3: Are that? you out of the Buffalo area? Are you out of the Buffalo I'm
2: area? A, I, I, live, Buffalo? I actually live halfway between Syracuse and Rochester. Okay. I know where you are. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's... It's pretty nice because if something's nice in Syracuse, I like can grab Syracuse, Rochester, Buffalo. You know, it's in that not hard to not hard to reach to. You know, I've gone as far east yeah. as Utah could have picked something up just because of the rate. Um, but I've, I, I've I'm helping some other guys out that are looking at different lanes that they're used to. Then you know, and it's like if you don't ask for it, you're never going to get it.
1: You got it man. absolutely,
2: you know i this guy just went and got his authority, got away from a company that he was on. he was doing four trips, he was just barely getting thirty five hundred dollars. Wayne got his authority, he's doing four trips on his own, home sooner, eight grand Wow, mm. Mm. you know you got running it. less running less miles and and making more money, so. You
1: gotta ask for it, guys. That's the yep. name of the game. Anything else you wanna add real quick, Alan, before we move on?
2: No, sir. You gentlemen have a great night.
1: We appreciate you the too. phone call, Alan. Thanks. Make sure you call in again. Uh wanna get to time is pressing. I just looked up at the clock. Time is a chugging along. So I wanted to uh make sure we get our uh another caller in before we wrapped up the show. Let's go and grab Colin real quickly. Colin, you're up and on board with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Uh oh. Hold on a second. My board is hanging up. Technology is great when it works. <laughs> yes it is. I'm 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 a little bit of a my board is hanging open. I'm trying to uh <laughs> reboot it really quickly so I can try to get Colin up and on board before we get out of here. But while we're waiting on that, Chuck, um you want to tell the good people how they can get in contact with you, uh, go ahead and try and get this out of the way because we time is, is pressing on us.
3: Of course. Uh, if you want to call me, give me a call at 800-388-4352, extension 203. Again, that's extension 203, and if you don't press that, you're going through voicemail hell. If you need a load out of our Chicago area, give our team a call there at 888-253-8016, extension 743. If you need anything to or from the Dallas area, 888-713-5189, extension 721. And I've got to apologize. I don't have the number in front of me for my new Quebec, uh, Montreal Quebec office. But if you call me and you need something out of Montreal you call me anytime. I'll hook you up with my team there, the Dynamite team. And if you do call me and if you don't get me, leave a message with a phone number. I promise I call everybody back. I make that a pre-episode. Absolutely,
1: Adam. I'm still. Let's see. It's it's trying to reload, trying to get them up in here before we uh go off the air. But but while while I'm still waiting on everything to reboot on my end, let me just let me kind of give my little closing credits really quickly. We want to give a big shout out and thanks to Kevin and Lisa Rutherford and the entire Let's Truck team for providing us with the platform to be able to bring this show to you. And okay, looks like we. Let's see if this works. Uh, Colin, you're up and on board with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Uh,
4: Hello? There you go. There you go, Colin. I right. got you now. All right. Well, I had a bunch of comments, but I guess we don't have much time. Um, one of the press oh, comments. We got, we got but...
1: about. We, we, we got about two minutes. You, you you got two minutes. you got you got a little time. Go ahead.
4: Okay. So the one comment was the guy that was talking about the factoring. Um, he said 19 days he was paying 38%. Um, you know, I've never heard of a factoring company that does it by the day. Normally they do it by the month. And so what I, I wanted to clarify that that wasn't quite right.
3: He was
1: breaking um, it down. But... No, he he was breaking it down a little bit there, Colin. He wasn't doing it. He wasn't doing it that way. He was uh he he was giving a breakdown. Um, if I remember that correctly, I think he was trying to give a, a breakdown of, of days to pay. If he had used a factoring company, he didn't. He, <laughs> yeah. he didn't use a factoring company. Okay. All right.
4: Um, the other thing being a carrier and being a broker. um, You know, some of the small brokers, I had a lady call me today complaining that we were at 100 days, and I called my office manager, and she's like, oh, no, we're not. The issue is with so many of these factoring companies is you turn your paperwork in, but the factoring company doesn't necessarily forward that uh, proof of delivery. So without the proof of delivery, um, we have no way of going to bill the customer and then you have no way of processing the payment because we pay it 21 to 30 days. So it's imperative for these guys to make sure, and this was multiple problems this lady had had with her um, her agent at the factoring company. So I just want to point that out to some guys that, you know, they need to make sure. And we've had other carriers that, you know, you've got to read the paperwork. If it asks for the originals, don't keep sending a copy because you're never going to get paid until we get the original. Even if we email you and we call you, you driver cannot lose that original, you know? Well, well,
3: you're right. And one of the things in the court of law, you need to have the original proof of delivery. Um, so an awful lot of, uh, freight brokerage houses insist on, with good reason, because there's been so much fraud, they insist on having the original proof of delivery. To prove it? Uh, you know, to protect themselves.
4: And uh, my final comment was, um, I use Truck Stop on both sides of my company. I had so many issues with Truck Stop on the carrier side with the pro software that finally they said, well, the issue is with the pro, and they put me back down to the non-pro. I've been using that for two days. And anybody that isn't using some kind of a – on the pro side of Truck Stop, it gives you the rate per mile. And anybody that hasn't upgraded to that, or I don't know if that has the same thing, I'm sure they do, but I never realized how much I used the rate per mile and how important it was for sorting my loads. And I want to encourage anybody to spend the extra few dollars because you're going to get it back on your first load, never mind the multiple loads you booked that month. Good yeah. point. You know, I mean it's just because the short freight is what's paying <laughs> four, five, six, seven dollars to a reefer, you know. And um even I mean I got a dry van today out of Salt Lake to Spokane, Washington and I got almost four dollars a mile for a dry van out of there today. And don't be afraid Whoa. of your price. You know, I mean, the other thing that's really important to use on truck stop is the load density. And you can go in there and you can see there's 83 loads per truck or 60 loads per truck. Well, then you know that that's a captive audience. And I'll, you know, I had a new guy, I had yep. a dispatch company, well, had a guy come in. Told him I charged ten percent, and he's like, "Man, that's a lot of money." His wife was sitting there. The phone rang. The broker offered me seven hundred dollars on three hundred and thirty miles. I said no. I went back with like eleven hundred, and we settled on nine hundred and fifty. And I looked at the guy and I said, uh, "Okay, I just cost you ninety-five dollars, but I just made you one hundred and fifty-five dollars more." than what your wife would have took that load for because they're brand new authority and she's got no experience in negotiating or what the rates or anything is supposed to be. So, and the worst thing when you go for a super high price, the worst thing they can do is say no or come back with another deal and agree to meet them in the middle somewhere.
3: Yep. Well,
4: good point. That was what I wanted to touch on. I'm certainly not afraid of my price. I've, and I'll always go high. If I want $1,100, i am going to shoot for 1300 or 1400 and then let them win at 1100 or 1200 you know, because I know the value of the Please lane and the value up. to my truck. So, that's all I got to say tonight, guys.
3: Well, thank you for calling.
4: You're very welcome.
3: There we go.